I'm turning on the grill. Beep, boop. That's not the sound the grill makes. Hey there, Bun Buddies, and welcome to License to Grill, a Bob's Burgers podcast brought to you by the Ultimate Tabletop Network. I am your host, Zalzazane, and with me is my partner and webmistress, Kim. This week, we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 3. Synchronized swimming, enjoying a shake your honey maker burger, and testing our knowledge with trivia. Get it? Because it's about being synchronized. Don't worry, we won't do that for every episode. No, we had like <laughs> this took like twelve takes to do it for one. Yeah. No, no thanks, ma'am. This is the part where we talk about the episode. We sure do. Do you have any stats for me about the episode? So we're looking at Season 2, Episode 3, Synchronized Swimming. It aired on March 25th, 2012. It was written by Holly Schleisinger and directed by Anthony Chun, both who wrote and directed episodes in the previous season. They sure did. It has an IMDb score of 7.4 and had a total of 3.97 million viewers. That seems like a lower score than we usually get. It is. It is a generally a pretty lower. I actually think it got the same as Sexy Dance Fighting, which was the lowest episode of season one. Which I still disagree with. Yeah, I think this is low for the episode too. Not too much lower, but still low. All right, the synopsis. The kids are sick of their physical education class and manage to trick their way out of it by taking part in a bogus independent study of synchronized swimming. See, the synopsis I got was cannonball. The kids dive into independent studies. That's the Disney description. I thought it was funny. Why are you taking notes on my part of the episode? I'm just kidding. I'm helping. Are you? Maybe. Are you? Am I making it worse? Are you? Are you doing my homework? Yep, helping you with your homework. There are no first appearances this this episode, unfortunately. We do get a lot of revisiting characters, though. We do. Uh, we definitely get a lot of Mr. Frond. A lot of Mr. Frond. We, we learn a lot about Mr. Frond in this episode, I feel like. We get a nice little kissy kiss of Andy and Ollie, my two favorite boys. Just enough to keep them spicy. We do see a lot of other kids, but they don't get names. No, there's the very, very tall kid, who I can only assume is Big Rudy, but we'll find out. So the opening gags. We have the store next door, which is the Puka Pagoda Puka Shell Warehouse. Okay, so first of all, Puka Shell. That is the number one numero uno. I just went on vacation to somewhere hot and sweaty, so I bought a puka shell necklace. Also, I have a rule. I don't trust people that wear puka shell necklaces. Is that because they're mean to whatever creature puka shells come from? Nope. I just find that a lot of them are just douchebags. So don't get puka shells, everyone. Find other ways to celebrate your vacations. Or, if you never want to talk to me again, buy yourself a puka shell necklace. Perfect. Everybody who has a puka shell, email us so we know not to email you back. <laughs> Good. And the exterminator van was Ratty Shack with the most cartoon rat I could possibly imagine. It's pretty great. And so Ratty Shack is a very obvious, if you're an old lady like me, play on Caddyshack, which is a film that was released in 1980, which was actually technically before I was born. And it starred Rodney Dangerfield. Ooh, take my puka necklace, please. Oh, I thought it was the guy who was in Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean, Bill Murray is also in it. Okay. Also, Ted Knight. Also, Chevy Ted Knight Shyamalan. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> also, Chevy Chase. The movie has a 7.2 IMDb rating if you're looking for a funny Same film. Same as this episode. Same. No. Oh. Episode 7.4. Dang. So close. So, the movie is essentially about a 
teenager who's trying to save up to go to college so he goes and works at the snooty country club in town he gets into a competition where if he wins they're basically going to pay for his scholarship and rodney dangerfield is this teenager no oh that would have been pretty funny no no the teenager is actually he ends up appearing in roseanne he ends up dating roseanne's sister and getting her pregnant and then they eventually get married and then he ends up being a douchebag it's Laurie Metcalf. That's the actress who plays the sister. Jackie? Jackie. Anyways, he. this is a much younger version of him before he is in Roseanne. The movie is directed and written by Harold Ramis. Do you know who that is? Not offhand. All right. Well, you already mentioned one of the movies that he's in. Caddyshack. He's not in Caddyshack. <sighs> But he is in a movie with Bill Murray. Ghost and Bustin'? He's in Ghostbusters. He plays Egon. Oh, all right. Anyways, let's move on to the episode. So the episode starts in the house. The Belcher homestead. Oh, so speaking of very bizarre trivia for this episode, you'll never believe. So apparently, apparently. 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 The Bob's Burger wiki page states that although it was known online by Fox's official pages for Bob's Burger, the family's last name, Belcher, was not mentioned in the series until this episode. Really? Yeah. The first to have a clue of their last name was the Belchies, which was the first episode of season three. See, now i got to rewatch and see if that makes sense to me. Because I was like thinking about it. I'm like, no, they have to say it at some point. Pesto calls him Belcher, but no. They call him Bob. They call him Bobby. Oh, that's fair, yeah. Right? Yeah. Hmm. And uh, apparently after this episode, it gets mentioned a whole lot more. Well, after they decided on it. Yeah. I just thought that was strange. So on the wiki page and like internet, you would see that, you know, Bob Belcher and his family mm-hmm. get into hijinks in his like failing restaurant. Probably because of like script readings or something. Yeah, but this is the first time it's ever mentioned. It's very, very strange. Or at least that's what it says. So we open up in the Belcher homestead where we see a close-up of a TV of women doing prenatal yoga. And then we cut to Linda also doing it. She's doing a move called the crowning otter. Which Google revealed no results on that, so I don't think it's an actual prenatal yoga move. Why? I don't understand why it would be otter. Because otters are cute. And I think because otters, like, do this a lot. Like a little groundhog popping out of the hole? Yeah. Prairie dog in it. Yep. Um, Louise says that it's so graphic. And Linda says that it keeps her pelvic floor perky. It's immediately followed by, like, a million sounds of bones cracking. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah, it was real gross. I didn't like it either. Not a fan. Reminds me of my own boneitis. <laughs> Aww. My only regret is that I have boneitis. I've done yoga. Yoga is actually really good for you. I've done a yoga tape. It wasn't prenatal. I had a yoga for dummies video on VHS. You know, without the spiritual element, it's just strength-based stretching. Good stretching, though. You sweat a lot. Or at least I sweated a lot. Swat? Sweated? You sweet all over the place? <laughs> sweet all over the place. Yikes. You uh, watered the floor. <laughs> only when my water breaks. Um, well, it is a hardwood floor. Maybe make it grow. <laughs> make that hardwood floor into a softwood floor, you know what I mean? By soaking it in sweat. Are we turning into a cake podcast? Uh, I'm thinking we're turning this into more of a Rocky Three podcast. <laughs> Adrian! Adrian! 
right. So Gene asks Linda. Gene asks uh, Linda to check his math homework, and of course, his math homework is just a picture of a robot, a very well drawn robot, if I might say so. Very cubular. Very cubular. Which, when you think of robots, that's what you think. You think of like the square face with the little antenna and the little knob eyes. Don't you? Isn't that what you think of? Yeah, little magnet hands. Hands, dryer tubing arms. Yep, classic 80s movies robot. So Linda points out that it's just a robot, and Gene says probably one of my favorite lines is, Who's better at math than a robot? They're made up of math. There's nothing on here but a drawing of a robot. Who's better at math than a robot? They're made of math. Which is true, because they're made up of ones and zeros. I guess. You don't think coding is math? Is coding not math? I could say that they're made up of metal and bits. Yeah, well, that's fine. Their brain is made of math. That's why if you take away the spirituality part of the robots. <laughs> <laughs> uh louise then asks uh linda if she finished reading buddy's rainbow and asks her to remind her how it ends uh linda says that it's so sad because buddy dies the poor dog but at least he saw the rainbow that sounds like a book that people would try and ban because <laughs> the rainbow obviously means the dog finally came out of the closet <laughs> i was gonna say because the dog dies what are you thinking oh your dog we have one of those yeah our dog is super gay uh and bob goes did you read any of the book louise uh louise says it's better when mom retells it to her she's a listener learner visual learner but also a listener learner listening with her earballs did you ever get your parents to do your homework for you no but my, my parents tried to take like active participation in my homework and tried to show me how to do it well awful. like me and my mom spent hours doing maps of canada okay and you have to draw the ocean you can't just fill it in so we're gonna do exactly straight diagonal lines to represent the ocean did you draw a sea monster man i wanted to you draw the compass always you draw the x where the treasure is marked you can't tell people where the treasure is marked so in other words you were just making bad pirate treasure maps yep okay but only of canada canada's gonna have some buried treasure just maple syrup and moose hide ketchup chips Poutine. I've marked down the old ketchup chip mine. <laughs> Bob tells Linda that she can't keep doing her homework, and Linda says that she's just helping. I'm, I don't think I ever got help with my homework. Maybe when I was really little and I don't remember. It was because you advanced too quickly and you got into those advanced placement classes, into areas of expertise that your parents weren't able to follow? I definitely was in some advanced placement classes in elementary school. And we didn't really do a whole lot. We got to color a lot. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Advanced placement emotional classes? Yeah, I think it was because we were bored and we needed to be entertained. Hmm. I did read with my mom, though. My mom and I used to read books together. What was the first book you read? With my mom? Yeah. Uh, the Secret Garden. It's kind of like our thing. Bob asks Tina if Linda has been helping her with her homework. And, of course, Tina says that uh, mom's just been logging her dreams in her dream journal for English class. Now, why? Because Tina definitely dreams. We've seen them. Does she think they're too erotic for English class? Too sensual? In my mind, Tina's dreams are very samey, where her dreams generally are, oh, zombies, oh, they're riding horses, oh, they're making out. Yeah, that's fair. And that would be not very interesting for her English class, or she was told off in English for having the same dream over and over. So she has to get her mom, who's a more active dreamer, to log some dreams. Yeah, Linda's dream was real active. She dreamt that she was breastfeeding Jean again, but he had a long beard like Santa Claus. 
mean, she couldn't ask Bob for his dreams because I owned a fancy restaurant. That's clearly not Tina. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But she had a dream. Tina would have a dream of breastfeeding her brother. In a long standing beard? I mean, it's weird, but it's plausible. Man, if I was an English teacher, that'd be some red flags. That's some flowers in the attic shit. Yeah. If you've read V.C. Andrews, you know what I'm talking about. Gina expresses that the breastfeeding with a Santa beard should be on the Christmas card. I could see him being like a Father Time New Year's kind of deal. Yeah, naked with like a sash. Yep. And top hat. Yep, maybe a diaper. Oh yeah, maybe a baby diaper. Yeah, I can see that. I can see Gene rocking that real hard. Baby New Year. Baby New Year! Uh, so we cut to the restaurant, and the restaurant has a big poster outside. And it's not about human flesh. Finally. It's about now serving ice cream. Bob and Teddy are uh, hanging out inside, and Bob expresses that he finally did it. He finally got an ice cream machine. And Teddy, being the consummate best friend, says, I knew you could do it. You just needed to believe in yourself. Good advice from Teddy. Teddy's spouting some wisdom today. Yeah, and then Bob makes him eat a sponge. <laughs> I didn't say it was intelligence. It was it's, wisdom. That's fair. That's fair. So Bob says it's going to be a gold mine. And then we go into this like ice cream daydream where Tina's using ice cream as tanning lotion on Linda. Jean's licking ice cream on one of those like blanket trampolines. Fun fact, in that scene, you can see the lifeguard from the pool scenes later on in the episode. Oh, and then you got Louise flying the Enola Gay on its bombing run. Yeah, the, the Snoopy plane. Yep, that too. I mean, it looks like Snoopy in the plane. Yep. It is definitely a biplane and not the one that I said. And then ice cream is spewing out like little bombs. Interestingly enough, one of the flavors is strawberry. And then we cut to Bob surfing and the ice cream hits the waters behind him and blow up like ice cream shaped mushroom clouds. Which is why I thought it was the Enola Gay. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Bob looks good hanging 10. Mm-hmm. Like when he's relaxed and having a good time, like he looks like he's enjoying it. He looks good in a Hawaiian shirt too. Yep. He also looks good in a Hawaiian shirt. Who? Tom Selleck. Because uh, he was it, in Magnum P.I. It all comes around. I, that just, honestly, that literally just popped in my brain. I was like, oh shit, Tom Selleck, Magnum P.I. He shot a nun in Magnum P.I. Yeah. Nuns don't work on Sundays. <laughs> That's a great meme. Boss is the start of a new era and uh, pulls the first... Uh, pulls the first cup. Tastening Ugh. of ice cream. And it's just liquid. Uh, Teddy eats it anyway. And exclaims that he shouldn't change a thing. Bob and Teddy have this conversation about, well, you'll eat anything. And Teddy's like, no, I won't. And Bob's like, yeah, you will. Eat this. He gives him a corner of a sponge. And then Teddy gets really upset. Don't feed a guy a sponge, Bobby. Yeah, that that was wild. Which is fair. Don't make your friend eat a sponge. Yeah. Come on, Bob. He, told, he said that all you need to do is believe in yourself. And you fed him a sponge. Hopefully it was clean. It looked like a new sponge. He ripped that off real easy, though. I thought he cut a corner off with a knife because it was very triangular. Yeah, but how, how? It's hard to do that. I didn't see a knife. Maybe, but, maybe my mind is filling things in, but I feel like he had it under the counter, diced it off with a knife beneath the counter, and then brought it up so he, that Teddy didn't see the sponge itself until he pulled it up afterwards. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Maybe the knife was under the counter. I mean, it was like a perfect little square. It looked like a piece of cheese, honestly. Yeah. I probably would have eaten it. But cutting a new fresh sponge is hard. But you can really cut one of those like dry, crusty sponges. Like you can just break Break a piece of that off. That's why I thought it better be a new sponge, because otherwise you're a mean, mean man, Mr. Bob Belcher. If Teddy eats a sponge, they can no longer be vegetarian. Why? Sponges are creatures. Not those types of sponges. I know. It's a joke. <laughs> oh, it's like we have a comedy podcast. No respect <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> Take my wife, please. <laughs> we cut to Wagstaff School, where Andy and Ollie run up to the, the Belcher children and asks Louise to figure out which one of them ate cat food. 
Mm-hmm. And Louise exclaims that it was both of them. And they very excitedly exclaim that they brought it from home. Yeah, wow. They were so excited for that line. So I guess we learned that the pesto kids have a cat. Or just cat food laying around. I guess the top of a cat food can is really easy to open. So maybe Jimmy leaves them out when he's at the restaurant for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Kids, make yourself dinner. Yikes. It's like tuna. It's tuna adjacent. <laughs> it's food adjacent. <laughs> hey, look, man. If we ever end up in a Last of Us situation, you know you're eventually going to have to eat dog food. Yeah, probably. The kids talk about how much they hate uh, physical education or PE, as it is known to the hip young children. Yep. I felt this very deeply. How what were your general thoughts about PE when you were in school? Oh, my God. I almost flunked to read 12 because my mile run was too slow. You took PE in grade 12? Or grade 10. I don't know. Whichever. One of the high grades. A lot. 10, I think, is the last grade you have to take PE. And it's probably 10. Yeah, it sucks. PE sucked. So you almost failed. I was just too dang slow. I found lots of excuses not to go to PE. I had a male PE teacher who was a real dum-dum and for a time lived in his car in our parking lot because his wife kicked him out and he was also known for abusing cocaine. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I would tell him a lot that I had my period, and he would just let me go. You gonna dox this guy? No. Okay. No, I'm sure he's doing well. He's either doing well or not doing well, and in which case, either way, I don't want to name him. Generally, that's how it works, yeah. Right? Don't want to bring him down, don't want to make his life worse. Gene talks about how he hates the shirts versus skins, uh, and then we cut to him running around screaming, I'm not open, I'm not open, while holding his boobs. Yeah, my school had... Clearly bought in the 70s, one-size-fits-all, overclothes jerseys. Oh, like the pennies? Yes. That were washed maybe once a year and just got sprayed down with, with stuff. Yeah, they had those nasty pennies. And they were just like, it was almost like a tabard. But then it had like the elastic between the two pieces. But most of the time the elastic had like rotted. Yeah. We had those too. At best, you could maybe tie them around your wrist. This is the color I am. Yeah, or you leave it around your body all loosey-goosey. Yeah. We ha- also had those in a, 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 an assortment of colors. You want brownish yellow? You want brownish orange? We've got used to be red, used to be yellow, and I think used to be blue. <laughs> uh, Louise exclaims that she hates Mrs. Schroeder's dumb rules. And we cut to her, this teacher screaming at her that saying she's not allowed to have a hat and pee. And Louise says, does everyone... I have a... What is it? Like a... Raging staph infection. Under <laughs> Raging here. staph infection. You want to play dodgeball in the hospital? And Tina hates always getting hit in the head with balls. Do you remember the type of ball she gets hit with? Dodgeball, bass, soccer ball, and uh, ball on a rope. Tether ball. Thank you. So she gets hit with that one twice. So I don't know how much that can. No, she gets hit with. Oh, she gets hit with tether ball twice. And she also gets hit with the soccer ball again later in the episode. Fair. Yep. I was going to make that a trivia question. <laughs> I did not. Stay tuned. Uh, the kids all agree that they don't want to go to PE anymore and that they're going to go talk to Mr. Franz because he is highly suggestible. And so outside of Mr. Franz's office, we can see him inside knitting, which we'll get more of that later. Sure will. Louise talks about society's warped image of fitness and that how it makes her feel like a loser. Gina says she feels like she's not being valued as a woman and Jean says me either. <laughs> then that he needs guidance and counseling. And then Mr. Franz goes, I'm a guidance counselor. Self-accredited. Self-accredited. You'll never live it down, Mr. Fron. I wonder, if he had gone to school for therapy, would he have gotten, like, CIA-style training to resist this kind of manipulation? Just like they're trained to resist torture? We don't get trained like that. Okay. I mean, yes, 
100%. I knew it. They make you watch... Uh, Clockwork Orange. No, I was going to say they make you watch like Marley and Me and you're not like allowed to cry because you're not being manipulated by the sad story about a dog who dies at the end. Spoiler. Don't watch Marley and Me. It's really sad. Or The Parent Trap where they trap their parents for reasons. Oh, so that's just, yeah, watch this and don't be fooled by Lindsay Lohan. Yep. Don't get fooled by Lindsay Lohan. Don't get fooled again. Adrian. <laughs> Those are different things. So, Mr. Franz. Sympatico. What was the thing? <laughs> Sympatico. What's that thing from the movie? <laughs> Wasn't Sympatico like a, a computer thing? Probably. I gotta Google this now. I gotta Google Sympatico. I'm Attica. Gonna... It was Attica. Sympatico. Hey, Sympatico. Yeah, Sympatico was Bell's internet service. Wow, nailed it. It was founded in 1995. (laughs) I knew it sounded familiar. So in Mr. Franz's office, you can see a bunch of cool posters. Uh, This is definitely not a trivia question later on. You see uh, a skunk, and it says, Be an independent thinker, not a stinker. The keyword there is independent. It's all about being independent and not being big. Mm -hmm. Independent. There is, if you don't study, you shall not pass. With legally distinct for copyright reasons, Gundolf the Green. And it's really important that when you're writing trivia questions to read the whole poster <laughs> and not just write bits and pieces of it. Stay tuned, <laughs> folks. And then... The whale. There is the whale. Not the Brendan Fraser movie, but a whale free out of the water. And uh, it definitely says uh, breach for the stars and not the sky. Just FYI, in case people were wondering. It's definitely not Moby Bitch. <laughs> Moby Bitch. Don't be a Moby Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> don't hey kids don't free your willy at school <laughs> mr Fromm says one of my other favorite lines it sounds like you kids are po'd about pe oh that's good write that in a book of quotes yeah and so uh louise says they want to do an independent study and they pull the words from the independent thinker and uh if you do not study you shall not pass yeah and then come up with the idea for swimming from the whale and then synchronized swimming yeah synchronized swimming uh, which we learn uh, a few moments later that it's because mom loves it. Uh, and this is after they fake their mom's signature. Have you ever faked your parents' signature? No. Yeah, me either. Do you think uh, Linda's signature actually looks like that? Actually, you know what? That's not true. I'm pretty sure I have. I know I've practiced my Thought mom's signature. It. Definitely practice it. Mom does like this big, giant, swirly C. It's very confusing. It looks like a giant... It looks like a whale's going to breach out of it. <laughs> Looks like a lowercase e. Anyways. Yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's Linda's signature. But also Franz is an idiot, so he's not gonna know. He's more excited about the idea than the execution. It's true. And so yeah, so synchronized swimming. Linda really loves synchronized swimming. During the last Olympics, she made them do everything synchronized. And then we cut to them brushing their teeth. And then she's like, brush, 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 spit, and Jean spits in Tina's hair. Ugh. Yeah, that's gross. What do you think they synchronized otherwise? Probably blinking, eating, stepping. <laughs> eating the dinner table. Chew, chew, chew. Swallow, swallow, swallow. I don't think you can swallow three times in a row. You can take it. Uh, Louise is excited because now they've gotten out of pee for the rest of the year. Jean says, who needs it? And then tries to open the door. Remember, if you're pulling wrong, you're pushing. He was definitely pushing wrong when he should have been pulling. Mm. 
Wait, no, it was a push door. It was a push door. He was just bad at it. He was just bad at it. And then he immediately says, I need exercise. When Tina just pokes it open yeah. gently. Tina just pokes it open. So back at the restaurant, Bob is teaching the kids how to fill the ice cream cone for the soft serve. He's teaching them how to do it. They say that the cone is an edible bowl, which is absolutely accurate. And the ice cream goes inside of the cone. Always. Where would where, it go? I mean, that's what Bob gets frustrated by, too. Where would it go? Outside of the cone? Straight into their mouths. Also into a bowl, because the first time he serves it, it's in a bowl. That's fair. Personally, you... I'm a fan of uh, Screamers, which is slushy and soft serve swirled together. So good. Gross. Gross. Team soft serve. Team soft serve. Do you know why it's called soft serve? Because it's served soft. Yes. But also, Tina asks why it's soft. And let me tell you. So soft serve is generally lower in milk fat, 3 to 6%. That's important later than ice cream, and ten, which is usually 10 to 18%. And is produced at a temperature of negative 4 degrees Celsius compared to ice cream, which is stored at negative 15 degrees Celsius. Soft serve contains air introduced at the time of freezing. Hmm. Makes it extra fluffy. <laughs> Sounds like you just said make sex with Fluffy. Wow. <laughs> oh my god, yes, it makes it extra fluffy. Yeah, those kids are hassling Bob so hard about these ice creams. Really, really, really hard. He says that they're going to be team soft serve. Gene says that he made a soft serve this morning, and so he should be the captain. Nice. He's talking about his poopy. He's talking about his poopy? Yeah. Linda comes in, handing them their gym clothes. They're like, why do we need them? And we get a lot of elbow pushing and being like, ha, 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 of course we need them. We can't go do gym naked. Ha, 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 ha. And then Linda hands uh, Jean the Navajo warrior mask that she made him for history class. Which she has been wearing all day. <laughs> it's like the best clip because it cuts to Linda in the laundry room wearing the Navajo mask. And you can hear like this Jason Voorhees heavy breathing. And she's folding their gym clothes. An almost Darth Vader-ish scene. Yeah. So what happens when Darth Vader's off camera, right? Someone's got to wash his cape. Who put a red sock in with my white linen? He wouldn't wear white linen. You don't think he wears the purest gaunch? No, he wears black gaunch. He's evil. Everything's gotta be black. See, he doesn't even wear clothing. He's in that, like, bodysuit. Does that mean at the end of Return of the Jedi, when they, like, open it and uh, Luke Skywalker sees, like, old, decrepit Anakin Skywalker? Does that mean he sees his dad naked? I mean, naked in the sense that he only sees the top of his head. But he... He doesn't take off the whole suit. He just gets his little helmet taken. You don't think he does at some point? Darth think, Vader? Yeah, do you think they bury him as Darth Vader? I thought they, like, kicked him into space or something. They don't keep his body. Just airlock him. <laughs> like he fell in a big hole. Yeah. No, he doesn't. Doesn't he? Darth Vader's like on the slab and he like takes off, they take off the mask and he's like that decrepit old white looking dude. I thought that was still in the Death Star. Yeah. That was in the Death Star under construction and him and Luke is, are fighting it out. Isn't that when he dies? That's in like, yes. They take off his mask so he gets his last living breath as Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, but then he dies by falling out of the thing no i don't think so are you gonna google how darth vader dies let's see if there's a clip <laughs> no <laughs> i guess he doesn't fall out of a thing he just bleh, bleh. yeah he just dies he, he, he dies helmet off right but the rest of the suit is still on and then they blow up the death star oh, with okay. him still in it so he dies on this so we don't see anakin weenie no 
So that means the probably the only. We see Anakin weenie in episode two. Oh, in the back of the tank. Because he's a huge weenie in that in that movie. Oh, you mean when he's Anakin? Because he's a weenie, yes. Anakin Weenwalker. Oh, Anakin Skywiener. Sky. So Linda's been wearing this mask all morning. Jean comments how it smells like her. And as the kiddos leave to go to school, <laughs> Linda cries out, "I hope we get a good grade." <laughs> Just like they got a good grade last episode on the. Report of an important person? Yeah, she got an A. She got an A! Yay! We see Bob and Linda by themselves. Bob starts making judgy sounds at his wife. And she goes, Don't you make noises at me, you judgeroo. Go play your judgery do. So dumb. It's so dumb, but it's so Linda and I love it. Oh, I had a good laugh at that one. I want a judgery do. I feel like if I was going to play an instrument, that's what I would play. A big tubey horn that goes, mm 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 just a trumpet that I yell and it goes, I judge you. Shame. <laughs> shame. Ooh, shame bell. Ooh. From Game of Thrones. Yep. Uh, back at Wagstaff, the kids are walking along the fence and Andy and Ollie run up and say, why are you not in PE? Lice? Do you have lice? And the other one starts screaming, I do, I do. And that is horrific. It's a little weird that everybody has PE at the same time. Yes. Well, yes. Tina and Jean and Louise are all having PE at the same time. That's why they're out. For independent study. Hey, it's a TV show. I'm just kidding. I it, it is very strange. Was that just your way of avoiding the lice thing? Yep. Do you ever have lice? Nope. Really? Yeah, I got lucky. Yeah, very lucky. I had it like six times. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's awful. It's literally the worst thing ever. It's because you were a hat wearer. No, I did not wear cool bucket hats. Did you run headfirst into other kids often? Well, so part of the thing is lice likes really clean hair. Yeah. I used to have very long hair and I used to take care of it. And also I hung out with kids that had lice, apparently. <laughs> Not Wait. as bad as one of my nieces. One of my nieces has had it like 10 times. Is that why she shaved her head? Nope, the other one. Oh. Poor little kiddos. Every time they came home from school, my ex-sister-in-law had to put all their teddy bears in bags and like strip all their beds and wash all their clothes and they slept together like they shared a room. The girls, so if one had it, the other one would get it. What a f- mess man it's one of the many 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 reasons i don't want kids so you're lucky you never got it yep all right well i was a filthy little mud child so (laughs) yeah my hair was always dirtied up with whatever that's fair that's fair louise explains that they're doing independent study and that they're living life off the grid and tina says so long balls just as the ball hits her in the head oh she cannot escape those balls she wow that's the title of her sex tape and uh, then we see the kids. We cut to like a musical montage of the kids enjoying the free life. They do a variety of fun things. They go and play skee ball and collect a bunch of tickets. Oh man, if this was a trivia question, whew, what? I wouldn't have gotten any of these. Really? I, I got them as a list here, but I wouldn't have gotten them off the top of my head. I was gonna do it. So uh, yeah, they go and play skee ball, and then they chase raccoons, and then the raccoons chase them. They go to the nail salon, and then they realize um, Jean is giving someone a foot massage. The other ones get their nails painted, and then they try and pay with the tickets, and then they get chased by the uh, nail salon staff, the estheticians. Notably, that nail salon is not run by Andy or Ollie. Why? What? What? Because that was our debate from like two episodes back. Would they own a nail salon? If Jimmy Pesto dies and his wife takes over his business and changes into a nail salon. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, but Jimmy Pesto's wife could still be running the nail salon. Fair. But it is not currently run by Andy and Ollie that's when they fair. are there. That's fair. Do you think they'd call it cat food? My breast smells like cat food. Uh, There's actually, uh, the cat food actually has a name. I have it in my notes. Chunkies. <laughs> Gross. Uh, it's called Pussy Fish. Whew. 
Sneak that one by the sensors. Yeah. Well, I mean, Pussycat, it's still a technical thing. After the kids go on this, like, sort of musical journey, we go to Reflections. 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 And Linda's buying paint. Mm-hmm. And she sees Mr. Fran collecting yarn for purchase. Yeah. So coming back to the him in his office knitting a very long scarf or something. And Linda goes, oh, Mr. Franz, I didn't know you were a knitter. And he goes, boy, am I. And he shows her a sweater that he's knit that says knittas with a Z for life. And then she goes, what up, my knitta? Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. That's a whole thing. Yep. Though I gotta say, I bet turtlenecks are really hard to knit, so that's gotta be impressive. Is it though? Because you're just putting loops around the neck. Like, you have to make a neck hole. So then you're just extending the neck hole up. I thought there was a whole, like, elasticity element to the neck hole for turtlenecks. But yarn is elastic. Like, it usually has stretch in it. Fine, then turtlenecks are easy. Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So in their conversation, everything starts getting revealed. Mr. Fran brings up synchronized swimming. Linda loves synchronized swimming, so she's super on board to having a conversation about it. He mentions that he has the 96 Olympics on VHS, which is the miracle on melted ice. And Linda says she has Dynasty on VHS. And then Fran brings up the independent study, and Linda goes, independent what? And we cut to her in the restaurant. So the 1996 Winter Olympics were in Atlanta. The USA team won using the 2001 Space Odyssey theme song for their song. Exactly. I, I tried to watch it. It was really boring. Yeah. Very leggy and very not HD. <laughs> It's not in 4K, f*** it. <laughs> so the U.S. won gold, Canada won silver, and Japan won bronze. Oh, we won silver? Yeah. What song did we do? I don't know. Well, that's cool. Way to represent for your country. We cut to Linda in the restaurant where she's saying the kids used her in a lie. And Bob says, what do you expect? Because you coddle them. And she says she's going to get real tough. And then the kids come home and talk about how physically educating their day was. And so then Linda says she had an interesting encounter with Mr. Frond. Tina jumps in with one of my favorite lines for her for this season. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. (laughs) (laughs) So interesting. And she mentions the independent study. And then Gina immediately says, I forgot everything outside. I'll be right back. And Louise tries to jump out and help with the soft serve. And Linda's like, this, look at this face. Get a real close look up at this face. This is the face of your new synchronized swimming coach. Bob immediately has misgivings and she goes, eh? <laughs> Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> Linda's the best. We go to the pool. Finally. We're finally at the pool, guys. Pool time. When are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> The kids are worried about actually having to do some physical activity. Louise says, this is the woman who chewed food for you when you had your tonsils out. We're not going to have to lift a finger. Immediately, Linda says, okay, you two, lift your fingers. Synchronized swimming starts with the fingertips and ends with the tippy toes. Classic Bob's Burgers switcheroo. Good old switcheroony. And then she lets, she belts out a whistle and then gets yelled at by the lifeguard that whistles are only for lifeguards. I feel like being a lifeguard would be a pretty sweet gig. Until you have to save somebody. Then it would probably suck. 
I like that everybody's wearing very synchronized swimming outfits. Jean looks like a little bean. Uh, yeah, so there's a comment about uh, Jean coming out in, I suppose, what is a girl's bathing suit. But he talks about how comfy it is and how it holds everything in the right place. A unisex one piece. A unisex one piece. But guys used to wear those bathing costumes. Yeah, with the stirrups and then like the shorts. What? Like the stirrup, like it would be. What are you talking about? You don't, you don't know men's bathing costumes? Not a Speedo. Men's bathing costume used to be like a full, like, romper. No. Yeah. Look like wrestling costumes. Have you never seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? You're Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. There's those. Yeah, that's it. That's a romper, yes. But then there's also those ones, which look like wrestling outfits. Fine. You win this round. We both win. We're both correct. But I don't know why guys wouldn't want to wear a regular bathing suit. They're so comfy and then you don't have to worry about them falling off. Overly high expectations and sexualization of men's abdominal muscles. The okay. sense of masculinity by showing off more skin. Also, I just googled and there are a lot of men in regular bathing suits. So maybe the belchers need to be stop being so judgy. Stop playing their judgery dues for a second. <laughs> Louise says that the kids are going to watch Linda do some stuff first because they're visual learners. And Tina references the 1983 movie Flashdance starring Jessica Beals, saying that... She had to watch a lot of welding before she got good at welding. So there's a big joke in that because... So in the movie, she's a welder by day. And then by night, she dances at like a dance club. She's not quite a go-go dancer. And she's not quite an exotic dancer. She's like a performance dancer because it's like the bucket of water dance. You know, very, very famous. So she's supposed to weld, and she like literally welds for like five minutes in the movie. And apparently very badly, according to professional welders. Do you think Linda just cut around the dancing scenes and made her a movie of Jessica Biel just welding? Linda? Yeah. Why would Linda do that? So Tina could watch it without the welding? getting ideas. For the sexy parts? Yeah, maybe make it just welding. The movie would be like three minutes long. I mean, you put her loops in there. But the joke the joke is that she had to watch a lot of things to get good at welding, and she wasn't good at welding. Um, that movie has an IMDb rating of 6.2, hmm. and it's about a passionate dancer who dreams of becoming a ballet dancer. It was directed by Adrian Lin, and I only bring that up because Adrian Lin made a lot of weird movies. He made Nine and a Half Weeks, he made Fatal Attraction, and he made Indecent Proposal. So he made a lot of weird, sexy movies. Don't forget Nine and a Half Weeks Later. 21 Days Later. Oh. Nine and a Half Weeks is like some weird sex movie with Bruce Willis, I think. I've never seen it. I have seen Fatal Attraction and Indecent Proposal, and both of those are weird, sexy movies. Gotcha. Do you remember the, the first move that Linda teaches the kid in the water? Or I guess she demonstrates because they don't get in the water. Oh, the egg beater kick. Her ear massage noise. <laughs> oh, I hope it doesn't. Anyways, okay. I think she just has a limited number of noises and that was what she landed on. It's her joyful sound. Yeah. Tina tries to hit on the lifeguard and says, I'm not drowning. That could change. <laughs> very sandlot yeah yeah and just says hey don't lean on the little lifeguard chair don't lean on my chair and then we go to the restaurant and the restaurant is like full aside from like lobster fest or any of the episodes where people like human flesh where people are there for reasons other than the food yeah it's kind of like the bit there are a lot of people in the restaurant and notably is the guy who orders the child molester burger he's there he's back he's back mm. his third appearance yeah he's back teddy's asking to microwave the ice cream 
which I'm assuming is a reference to his first attempt of eating the ice cream where it was liquid. And so he just likes liquid ice cream now. He was making a fuss because it was too cold on his teeth or something. Yeah, but that's because he's had room temperature ice cream. Once you go room temperature ice cream, you don't go back, apparently. So he wants it, he wants it in the microwave because it's too cold. He wants some uh, ice cream soup. Mm-hmm. We get a, this teen girl squad come in asking for a sample, asking if it's non-fat. And then what percentage of fat? Do you remember? Three and a half. Three to six percent. Three and a half fits in there. Yep. So, and then they ask, is it two percent? And then they want a sample of it melted. Mort starts yelling about that is medium burgers becoming a well done burger. Bob is straight up freaking out. Oh yeah, I've got, Bob is getting mad scrambled. He can't do it all and he is freaking out. Freaking out. And everyone's saying he's freaking out and he's saying he's not freaking out. I love it when Bob freaks out. Yeah, me too. His voice gets like really high in register. I'm not freaking out. And his eyes just start going on cross and he's like, ah. Makes all his best freaking out faces. <laughs> and then Linda and the kids come back. Teddy asks how the synchronized swimming's going. And Linda says, oh, they'll be ready to get in the water any day. Bob is flabbergasted that they haven't been in the water. And he says, it's a scam. They're not playing sports. They're playing you again. And this is sort of like in amidst the freak out because then a bunch of little leaguers come in and are asking for strawberry swirl. And he's like, there's no strawberry. There's no swirl. There's no sprinkles. Then one of them wants a sponge. Then one of them wants the sponge. And the two best friends, one of them gets the sample and goes, this is not low fat. And she encourages, the other one encourages us to spit it out and spit in her friend's hand. You wouldn't do that for your best friend? I'd have a bucket or like a bag. Yeah, okay. Like, why, why, why would you spit it in my... Spit it on the floor. That's rude. I mean, if you're going to spit it anywhere, don't spit it on me. If you're going to spew, spew in this. That's immediately what it made me think of. It's the Wayne's World. Yep. You got spew, spew in this. <laughs> and it's like a like mashed up paper cup. Yep, a little ketchup. Oh, it's the ketchup! That's right. It's like one of those little paper ketchup things. Yep. Yikes. Fun fact, those things expand like a lot. They do. That's how you're supposed to be. Eat them apparently. Nobody ever. And not by eat. I mean eat them. I mean use them. Yep. Nobody ever does. Expand it out. More ketchup. Uh, And then Bob starts yelling at people to leave. Teenagers leave. Little leaguers leave. Teddy announces that he ate some of that sponge. And one of the kids says, "I I want a sponge." Okay. Five bucks. There you go. Right. Bob is not a businessman. No. He's an artiste. He's a burger artist. He's a Bobnessman. Uh, and then we're back at the pool and Gene surfaces and has nasty boogers running down his nose and uh, he snorts them back and says, that's the good stuff uncut. Yeah, I would get out of the pool and blow my nose. But... You've never snorted your snot back into your face? One of my brothers does that and it is gross every time. Have you ever like swallowed your own puke? I mean, I've held back puke. But you've never had to like swallow it back? The esophagus thing is not puke. All right, fine. I was going to say. That's, like... that's throat trappings, not gut goo. <laughs> <laughs> Linda's trying to get the kids to do scissor kicks. This is the the next synchronized swimming move. It's not a trivia question, don't worry. I know you don't have to worry because you've already done the trivia questions, but... <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers! Uh, Andy, Ollie, and two other kids show up for independent study, saying Mr. Fran told them to go there. Uh, Linda starts getting super excited because it means they can do a pyramid lift or circles or <gasps> concentric circles, Ooh. which are two circles that have the same center point. Going in opposite directions. Opposite directions. And then we cut to a, a synchronized fantasy of kids doing synchronized swimming. And they're doing the pyramid and the circles and all the things I just said. Mm-hmm. And then out appears Tom Selleck, shirtless in jeans. Yep. Which is, of course, a callback to Linda's first mention of Tom Selleck, which is in season one, episode 10, Burger Wars, 
where she tells Bob that when she dies, she wants her ashes thrown in Tom Selleck's face because he's so handsome. Go, yeah, get that body dust in that mustache. Uh, Selleck tells her she's a beautiful, sensual coach. This is obviously not Tem- Tom Selleck's voice, by the way. He does not he does not have a guest appearance on the show. I'm pretty sure he was deceased by this point. I don't think Tom Selleck is dead. Who am I thinking of then? I don't know. Tom Selleck was very notably in Friends. He was Richard. Who's the other mustache guy who lays on a bear rug? Oh, that's Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. I think that's the guy who's dead. I do think Tom Selleck. I'm going to Google it now. I'm sorry. We're Googling a lot this episode. Tom Selleck. American actor. Yep, he's still alive. Was born January 29th, 1945. Thomas William Selleck. He's now age 78 years old. He is married to Jacqueline Ray and has two children. He was most notably in Three Men and a Baby and Three Men and a Little Lady. He was also in Mr. Baseball. And then he was Dr. Richard Burke on Friends. He's also an Army National Guard. Good for you, Tom Selleck. Good for you. Anyways, so while she's in her fantasy, we cut to then the kids messing around in the pool. They're like doing the chicken when you sit on the other person's shoulder. And just like generally, was it Marco Wahlberg? Linda gets upset and shows like knock it off. Andy and or Ollie says, Louise said this class was a joke. Yeah, say something funny. Brutal. Linda says, uh, your father was right. You are taking advantage of me. And Jean <laughs> says one of my favorite lines. You you and dad talked about us behind our backs? Not cool. That is not cool. They're parents. That's what they're supposed to do. <laughs> also, Louise, Tina, Jean, get over here. Ha. And you only think that's funny. Oh, yeah. That's the joke. That's the <clears throat> joke. <laughs> Linda essentially quits. Gene mumbles under his breath. Looks like someone is ready to coach an independent drama. <laughs> uh, so back at the school, the kids are hanging out outside. And Frond approaches us and tells them that he talked to the superintendent and the school board. And they're going to come to see the synchronized swimming. Apparently he left several convincing voicemails. Convincing, a.k.a. very annoying. Basically like a fruit fly around a bowl of fruit. Annoying. <laughs> Listen, they're not all they're not all winners, guys. Let's let's keep rolling along. Ah, finally, a moment where I can put crickets after your joke. <laughs> cricket, cricket. But they're gonna then they're gonna set up a table and judge like the Olympics. And Louise points out that the whole reason why they wanted to do independent study was not to be judged. And Fraun gets like straight up in her face and goes, you were judged from the day you were born. You'll be judged to the day that you die. I better see some perfect scissor kicks and lifts or you're going to go to summer school. If this super intense Fraun was our most common Fraun, these kids would be on the straight and narrow every day. Like that's the level of intensity you need in a guidance counselor to really guide you right. Like a a military drill sergeant? Yep, just drill you in there and guide you straight. Guide you in there. Drill you straight. <laughs> like a car. Yep. Into a parking stall. With a drill made of unobtainium on front of it. Um, we go back to the restaurant where Bob is and Linda are talking about how happy she is that she stopped helping the kids. Linda says, you were right. Yay. I gotta let my baby birds fly. My bratty little birds fly with their crappy little wings. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta push it out the window. They fall flat, that's that. <laughs> I mean, that, that would solve a lot of the uh, too many kids problem. <laughs> so they decide to move on to 
for Linda to learn how to use the soft serve machine. And it becomes a very erotic moment. A very like, ghost moment. Well, I mean, even before they get into, like, the ghost flashback, you can tell, like, Linda's, like, straight up pressed up against that dick. Like, she's, like, all the way, like, manhandling the robot knob. <laughs> and, like, she's got her butt against that burger wiener. <laughs> really mashing them pickles. <laughs> Mashing them right in the pickles. And uh, and then we cut to, like, the fantasy version, which is Bob shirtless in his jeans. And then Tom Selleck comes up, and Bob just kind of glances over him and goes, Oh, hello, Tom Selleck. Now it really is a Bob Burger. It's a Bob Burger. Oh, yeah, it is a Bob Burger, isn't it? And so, like, the scene, you see, like, the... Um, the soft serve swirling like clay on a pottery wheel. And it's obviously a spoof of the 1990 movie Ghost starring Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore with Whoopi Goldberg who went bus supporting actress. The IMDb score for that movie was 7.1. Oh man, same as this episode. Nope. And it was directed by Jerry Zucker who directed, strangely enough, okay, so Ghost is like Goose. Ghost is like a very... Like, it's a romance drama. So it's about this guy named Sam, played by Patrick Swayze, and Demi Moore, who's like an artist in his love interest. And Sam's best friend essentially gets Sam killed so that he can move on on his woman. And Whoopi Goldberg is a psychic who Sam, like, often possesses her body. It's very weird. There are, like, some really weird sensual scenes between Demi Moore and Whoopi Goldberg. All right. Who's Sam. And Whoopi's getting some Whoopi. Whoopi's getting Whoopi. Whoopi! Whoop, 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 <laughs> So Jerry Zucker is the guy who directed this movie, and he also directed Airplane, Rat Race, and the Naked Gun movies. So this is quite a departure. <laughs> Wow, is this like before he did the comedies or like? No, this would be after because like Airplane is 1980s, Naked Gun might be after. Naked Gun was definitely 80s as well. You think? Yeah, Naked Gun made like five movies. Yeah, yeah. There's, I know he did Naked Gun and then Naked Gun Two and a Half, which is the sequel. Yeah. And then there's Naked Gun Three and a Third, and that's the two, those are the ones that I remember. I'm pretty sure it was Four and a Quarter, and then Five and a Fifth. I don't remember. <laughs> Six Thunder Gun. Thunder Gun. So I just thought that was funny, the fact that he directed all of these comedies and then this really weird sensual <laughs> phantom drama movie. You want to be taken as a serious director? I guess so. But also, like the premise of Ghost is very silly. It also could have been a really funny... Anyways. Naked um, Gun Express. Naked Gun Express. Naked Ghost. So the kids come and start come back in and are begging mom to help them. Linda says, I'm going to help by not helping. Have you ever had that conversation from a parent? No. My, uh, my parents are always trying to help. Oh. It was not the help I needed. Anyway. They say that Frog is going to make them perform. And Linda says it's not their problem. And then they say that if they don't perform well, they're going to have to go to summer school. And then what's next? Summer church. Summer dentist. <laughs> summer visiting grandma. Summer camp. Oh, wait. I'd go there. Bob immediately does like a super flip-flop on the issue. Well, so here's the thing. Because he knows that if the kids go to summer camp, he's going to have to run the restaurant by himself. Pour some syrup on him because he's a waffling. Pour some syrup on me. In the name of love. Oh. Whoops. Linda says, you made your bed and now you have to swim in it. I just, (laughs) this is like my fruit flies in a bowl. Yep. Uh, Bob's like, no, I need the kids for summer camp. And Linda gets upset. She goes, well, you're a know-it-all parent. You help them, you hypocrite. 
And then the kids start pestering Bob to help. You have to help us. And then he changes his mind again. He's like, no, forget it. I'm not going to help you. He says, fine. Bob has like the flashbacks of the what percent fat is in it. Bob put my ice cream in the microwave. Bob, my burger's getting burnt. My burger's getting born. Yikes. And so he agrees because he knows the alternative is that essential day from hell. Yeah, but then they have questions. Like, so where does the ice cream go again? Yeah, their kids are real shitheads. <laughs> They're bratty little birds. Yep. This is definitely one of my favorite lines. It's probably my my favorite Mr. Fromm line. We go to the pool where it's time for the kids to perform. And there is a table set up and there is the superintendent. And this is where we learn that Mr. Fromm's first name is Philip. He's trying to like press the chair in for a superintendent. She's already like sitting down. Have we seen the superintendent again? I don't, then? I don't think I don't think we do. Pretty sure they're referenced a bunch. Probably. Yeah. And so Fran does this hands behind the back class, walking up and down the table and goes, once upon a time, there was no such thing as math until one brave teacher said, hey, what about math? <laughs> I think independent study, synchronized swimming will be the next math. When we're making the approach to the pool, the pool is named the Henry Hackenbush Memorial Pool, yep. which is a reference to the Marx Brothers. Oh. Yeah. So the, the pool's Henry Hackenbush pool is named after Groucho Marx's character, Dr. Hackenbush, from the 1937 film, A Day at the Races, the Henry Hackenbush Recreation Center, also named after the same character. Oh, that's cool. I like that. And on top of that, the Wagstaff School, which I thought was a reference to God dang Shakespeare, Shakespeare, apparently is incorrect. Most people apparently think it is a reference to Randy and Cheese Wagstaff from The Wire, but instead it is uh, Professor Quincy Adams Wagstaff from Groucher Marx's character in the 1932 comedy Horse Feathers. That's cool. I yeah. like that. So I was wrong about the reference, so I apologize to my listeners and to you, Kim. I mean, I didn't think you were actually serious about the Shakespeare reference. Oh. I thought well, you were just being funny. Because it is funny. Because yep. shake, wag, spear, staff. Yep. But apparently it's Groucho Marx reference. I like it. It's good. I like it. So uh, as they're getting ready, Louis says that we're so screwed. Andy and Ellie say, we're all going to die. And then the other one uh, pipes in and goes, let's die like we were born. Two minutes apart. Now, apparently, because they're all wearing swimming caps, they actually made their swimsuits the different colors so that you'd be able to tell which one was which. That's smart. I did not pay attention to that in the episode, which is why I just say Andy and or Ollie. <laughs> They're interchangeable. They are, but also their swimsuits don't match their usual shirt colors, so it doesn't help. No, just a lot of fun cushions coming their way. Bob gets everyone to huddle up and just says like, hey, look, we're going to fake it. We're going to do some of these. We're going to do some of that. And we're just going to, you know, do our best, essentially. Gene asks what he's wearing. And he says, well, this is what men wear. And Gene says it looks ridiculous. And I agree. I don't understand swim shorts. They're loose. They're baggy. They stick to your junk anyways. You might as well just wear like boxer briefs in the water. I mean, the point of it is not to outline your ding dong and have that mesh net so water doesn't get super trapped in there. But you can see the shape of your ding dong anyways. Plausible deniability. You can see the a shape of someone's breasts with nipples. Like, let me see the outline of your ding dong. Okay. I want to see ding dongs. I want ding No, don't pull out your ding dong right now. I know it's Valentine's Day, but calm down. <laughs> calm down, boy. Down, boy. Down. <laughs> down, wonder dog. <laughs> then uh, before they can get started, the fire alarm goes off. Five, six, seven, eight. Fire alarm! <laughs> <laughs> Sound. <laughs> Everyone's like, we gotta go. Mr. Franz says, no, we can stay in here. And they're like, it's a fire alarm. He's like, yeah, but if there's a fire, being the safest place to be is in a pool. Sure is. 
I mean, it's not wrong. There's a whole episode of Legion where, like, a giant fire erupts and the main character is strapped to a chair underwater and he's, like, the only one that survives. Mr. Legion himself. Mr. Legion. Mr. Jian, because his first name's Lee. (laughs) (laughs) As they're about to start the second time, Louise grabs a bottle of talcum powder and sprays it at Jean and starts screaming about anthrax. Jean replies that anthrax smells like babies, which I really liked. You know, Mr. Franz says, it's just talcum powder, let's keep going. And we go to the restaurant, where Linda is by herself, enjoying a cup of coffee. A good old cup of joe. A really prophetic cup of Joe. A cup of Tom Selleck. Because Tom Selleck appears in her coffee. <laughs> and he goes, you know what the sexiest thing about you is? And she goes, my ankles? No, you're a fantastic mother. Aww. Anything else? You always do the right thing. And she says, get out of my coffee. <laughs> the next thing that happens, do you remember what the third thing is that happens in the pool? I do. D. I do do remember that. You do do D. <laughs> Remember, uh, there is the loud scream of duty and the lifeguard yells code brown, which in a hospital, that's what a code brown is. Well, not in a pool, but like shit that needs to get cleaned up. Mm-hmm. And Pop goes, you did a caddy shack? Nice move. Louise says, what's a caddy shack? Or a ratty shack. <laughs> or a ratty shack. And Bob goes, the movie. Didn't you throw a candy bar in the pool? And she goes, no. And he looks like, a, he goes, it looks like a candy bar. And she says, thank you. Yeah, it's the movie where the guy fights the gopher and then realizes that he's stuck in a time loop and doesn't use it properly and then also brings golf clubs around. Two different movies. You're talking about Groundhog's Day, which he's about a groundhog, and then Caddyshack's about a gopher. In one movie, Bill Murray is a news reporter, and in the other one, he's a lovable land um, groundskeeper. Same thing. No, they're not. They're totally different. One wears, the other. one wears shorts, and one of them wears pants. The groundskeeper wears shorts. Oh, that's why they're different movies. And he wears like a fishing tackle vest. And he talks with the side of his mouth. I don't know. I can't do it. But he does like this. He does like a weird funny voice. Anyways. She did a Caddyshack. But it happens in Caddyshack. Someone puts a chocolate bar in the pool and everyone jumps out running and screaming because they think it's poopy. But in this case, it's real poopy. Speaking of poop, Gene says that his looks like chicken saute. Yikes. Don't don't Google that because it's not good. Poop should not look like that. Frond is very upset, understandably. It's going to ruin his uh, independent study. And so he tells them to do it in the empty pool. And then the kids lay down in the empty pool and start wiggling around. They do synchronize something. And that would hurt. The pool looks very cementy. It doesn't look like it has the pool lining, which I'm sure it does, but it just looks like gray cement. So then they're rubbing their bodies up all against it. It's Good like thing a they pl- have the one-piece bathing suit to protect them a little bit. Not Bob. Oh, Bob can suffer. Yeah, Bob can suffer. And then Linda shows up and says, a little cup of coffee told me to come. Nobody but her gets it. Yeah, nobody gets it. And then so she does the prenatal yoga. Do you remember all the moves? I was going to make this a trivia question. Crowning otter. Yep. Push. Nope. Nurse the baby. Nope. Hold up the baby. Nope. Crowning otter. Yep. Downward stork. Okay. Baby's coming. Push, push. It's crowning. You had a baby. Nurse the baby. Jazz hands. (laughs) And then Jean says, next time I'm getting an epidural. (laughs) So Frond announces that independent study is dead, but that the kids don't have to go to summer school. Because they have D's across the board. Duties. Ah. Across the board, and but they have to go back to PE. And this is probably my favorite joke of the episode. Tina goes, balls. <laughs> it's a good joke. Yep, it's a good closer. It's a good closer. Uh, Louise apologizes to the mom and says, sorry that we were being jerks. 
Linda said, that's why I stopped being your coach, but I will always be your mommy. Jean says, you saved our asses. And Tina says, and toned our Kegels. <laughs> Linda says, let's go home and celebrate with soft serve. And Bob says, let's go to ice cream, you scream, we all scream for yogurt. They have more flavors. That is the worst name for an ice cream place. Like, very just, long, very wordy. Right? Like even it would be I-S-U-S-V-A-S. So is us was. I sus was. Wasfy. I sus was <laughs> Doesn't even work in like an acronym. No. Uh, and then Jean says they want to go to Chili's Billy's, but they just serve chili. And Linda goes, now I'm hungry for chili. And Jean says, well, that's good because we're getting chili. All right. Are we just going to ignore the fact that Louise pooped in the pool? It says, ignore it. I named it Jezebel. Oh, my little grand duty. And that's where the episode ends. And we get served a fantastic outro of Linda wearing the Navajo mask and just breathing heavily. Yeah, with like a little jaunty tune. Mm-hmm. A little jaunty little song. But yeah, just the, the Jason Voorhees heavy breathing Navajo mask wearing Linda Belcher. What a fun little episode. And prequel to the classic movie, The Mask. <laughs> yeah, I liked that episode overall. Yeah, it was a solid episode. I can see it being one of the lower ones of the season. There's a lot of good stuff coming up that more appeals to me. But it was definitely enjoyable. A lot of funny parts. And it moved along at a fairly quick clip. And gave them the soft serve machine, which becomes important later. It does become important later. Yeah, that's like way later. That's why you only get one of those. So far, at least in this season, they're very movie reference heavy. The first two episodes, like, literally following the plot of other movies. And now this one had, like, a whole bunch of references. Well, they have to cram it all into the nine episodes that they got, right? Yeah. Back-to-back movie references. Robot voice. What's that sound? It's time for trivia! That is true. If it is your first time listening, we do a trivia contest every season. This is our second season of running it. Each episode, we will ask each other questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, worth one, two, or three points respectively, to determine who is the best at watching Bob's Burgers. The answer is it's me. We'll let the scoreboard decide on that. Well, let's let season one scoreboard refresh our memory. If it is your first time listening, please go back and listen to season one to see me get... Obliterated. Yeah, by trivia. And stay tuned for this season, because it's going to happen again. We'll see about that. Are you ready? I was born, and then I got ready. All right, so here is a a softball. Not a soft serve ball, but a softball coming your way. Is the answer chocolate and vanilla? No. Oh. And not strawberry, and not swirl, and not with sprinkles. (laughs) How about sponge? (laughs) You can always eat a sponge. No, don't eat your sponges. We have scrub daddies, and I love them. You leave those adorable little faces alone. Scrub daddy sponsor us. Hey, did you know that the guy who owns Scrub Daddy has, like, a necklace made with the little scrub daddy on it? He's like a scrub daddy pendant. It's pretty cool. I think they're funny. Scrub daddies are also very good sponges. Scrub daddy, please sponsor us. Okay. Or scrub, scrub mommy. I think there's a scrub mommy. Scrubzilla. No, scrubzilla yet. But see, if we get in, that could be like her collab. But then Beyonce won't come on our podcast. Because she's a... She don't want no scrubs. No, that's TLC, my dude. Beyonce, come on our podcast. I'm sure that will happen. Keep a-dreaming. So, question one for one point. What is the name of Linda's grand duty? Jezebel. That's correct. It is Jezebel. Louise names her poop Jezebel. Spoilers. 
This comes at the end of the episode. Oh, yep. Never mind. So, refresher. Yeah. <laughs> Good. You get a refresher on poopies. Good. Pooping is pretty refreshing. So, there's technically four, but I don't want you to say bright ideas because that's a stupid poster. There are three new posters in Mr. Franz's office. I want you to tell me what the quote is and describe the photo. There are three. Uh, there is one that's of a skunk. And it says something like, be a big thinker, not a big stinker. There's... Okay. There's a Gandalf. A non-copyright infringing Gandalf. Nondescript wizard. (laughs) Gundalf the Green. A non-copyright infringing wizard. And he's got two thingies. And he's saying, uh, if you do not study, you shall not pass. Okay. And the third one is a whale. Do you know what specifically type of whale? Humpback whale. No. Blue whale. It's very clearly a blue whale. It's very clearly a blue whale. Blue whale and humpback whale are the same thing looking. No. One is blue. (laughs) It's literally in the name. Yeah, people were not very creative back then. What does the last poster say? I would have called it a sea monster. Uh Uh-huh. And back then, you would have been called simple. Back then, I would have been called a visionary. <laughs> a bitchinary. Wow. Just call what's, me bitch mail. <laughs> Just what's the third poster for crying out loud? You're the one who's making jokes at me. Yeah, I mean, it's like we're doing a podcast or something. <laughs> but you're the hot one and I'm the funny one. Yeah, people can't see me on the podcast, though. But you don't look a day over 21 and you're hot. Uh, I mean, yeah. Can you just answer? We should be calling you Hot Kim from now on. Oh, fine. Can you answer the question? There's a whale. Yes. It's doing a backflip and it says something like, breach for the stars. Because whales do that. I'm only going to give you one point. What? Because all of your posters are wrong. What? Yes. How? Okay, so, and they're wrong in the sense of the whole point of the story. I'll give you one point. I'll give you one and a half. Because here's the thing. Yes, skunk. And it says, be an independent thinker, not stinker. And then... That one I got wrong. I thought it was big stinker and big thinker. Yeah. And then it was the gun gun delf. Yep. Study, you shall not pass. Okay, you're missing the first half of that poster. No. Yeah. Study, you shall not pass. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Study, comma, you shall not pass. That one I got right. That one I'll fight you on. Okay, we'll look it up. This is my look at things up song. Da 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 da. Look at things up. Because that is what I do sometimes. I look things up. Because I think I'm right, and my therapist said to trust my instincts sometimes. Oh, if you don't study, you shall not pass. Okay, fine, that counts as correct. He's also not wearing a Gandalf hat, so I guess that's how they differentiate. If you don't study, you shall not pass. I only saw study, you shall not pass. So I was thinking, study, comma, you shall not pass. That, that makes it sound like if you study, you won't pass. Well, I mean, some of those what? kids... Huh. Okay, go on. What are you getting all your panties in a twist about? Just keep going. So did I get some bonus points for that? No, that's just the correct answer. Okay, so more than one point for that? No, it's a point. That's the one you're giving me a point for? Yeah, because it's correct. The other one you're was giving not me a point correct. before that was wrong. And the other one was the blue whale, and it says breach for the sky. What? Breach for the sky? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, reach for the sky. He's a whale. He's not reaching for the stars. Have you ever seen a whale poster? They're always jumping into the stars. And that says stars. Let's see. That says stars. All right. You can have two points. You had to work for it, though. I should get two and a half points. No, 
Two the points. skunk was right. The skunk was not. You said big, and it's independent. Yeah, you, and the you reason... wanted two separate things. You wanted the picture and the words. That's six things that I need to work out. So yeah, that skunk was right. <sighs> no. And the important thing was the independent, because the next part of the joke is Louise gets the name for independent study and the category of swimming from those three posters. She gets independent from the skunk. She gets study from Gundelf. And then she gets swimming from the whale. Uh-huh. So the independent part is important, and you said big. Okay. I'm giving you two points anyways. Thank you. Also, I forgot that that was the medium question. Yeah. So thank you for two points. God, you're <laughs> such a bitch. Call me bitch mail. Great. For the third question, for three points. Is the answer Katamari? No. Do, 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 do. What are all the ways that Linda helps them with their homework? Okay, uh, I've got in my brain hole making the Navajo warrior mask. Correct, for Gene. Fixing Gene's math homework because he did a robot instead of math. He did a robot? Yep. He drew a robot? Sure, yeah. Okay, yep. If you so can call correct. it that. It's a pretty good robot. You don't he think artfully it's a... sketched a robot, maybe? It's a very good looking robot. You look at that and it screams robot. Mm. Okay, that's two. And then we've got the dream journal for Tina. Yep. Uh, and we've got Buddy's Rainbow for Louise. Chewing Tina's food when she was had her tonsils out. That has nothing to do with homework. Becoming their independent study coach. Yeah. That's all I got. That's all of them. <laughs> you monster. <laughs> How many did I need? Four. Oh. Navajo warrior mask that smells like L Linda. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could have said they're washing their gym clothes, but I wasn't going to count that. That sounds like laundry, not yeah, homework. Yeah, but they would go to gym being smelly, smelly kids. Or just have to go to do gym naked. Yeah. Shirts and skins, right? No shirts and skins. Gene doesn't like it. I mean, Gene doesn't like eating vegetables either, but he does it anyway. Like somebody else I know. Could be anybody. So I want you to know, my other question was to name all of the movies that are referenced in the episode. Caddyshack. Yeah. And Caddyshack. Yes. There's two others. Uh, Miracle on Ice. No, that's not. I mean, they say Miracle on Melted Ice. That's about swimming. Miracle on Ice is about the American hockey team or whatever. Mm. And this is the question you know you can always get me with, because you're a more movie and connoisseur was, And I was me. nice, and I didn't ask it. Yep. What was the answer? Caddyshack times two. Mm-hmm. Per the opening gag, and the poop in the, in the pool. Mm-hmm. Flashdance. Right. They with welding. That, yep. And the reference to Ghost with the ice cream machine with Bob and Tom Selleck. I should remember that. I just gave my D&D people that item. They can summon ghosts now, kind of. Anyway, are you right. ready to rate a burger? Good job. Thank you. Yeah, let's rate a burger. Let's put that burger in my mouth. Nom, 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 nom. Uh, 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 uh. Burger, burger, burger. Nom, 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 For all of our new listeners, and anybody who's listened before, we have been reviewing burgers since episode one of the podcast and episode one of Bob's Burgers. Thank you. We have a 20-point scale, four categories, five points apiece to determine how good a burger is. And tonight we are reviewing the Shake Your Honeymaker Burger. All right. And if you want to cook up some burgers of the day for yourself, please check out the description of the podcast for Amazon affiliate link. Anything you buy from Amazon through our link really helps us out and costs you nothing. As the cheese on the affiliate burger that is the link takes money out of Jeff Bezos' pocket. So, bonus. Gives us a little kissy kiss. Oh, yeah. Kisses for dollars. <laughs> The first question is, is this 
hamburger in the Bob's Burgers cookbook. It sure is. This burger is in the Bob's Burgers cookbook. So for our four categories, we have umami, which is savoriness, the mouthfeel, emotional resonance, and reeatability. Four categories, five points apiece, totally up to 20 points per person, giving us a final score of up to 40 points. For the whole burger. For the whole burger. Also, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. So for this burger, this one was interesting. It had some odd ingredients that I wasn't prepared for. I've never used dates before. It was different. Yep. Let me pull out the cookbook so I can give you some stats and amounts. Tell me how you made that sweet, sweet burger. Starting with the patty. The patty was easy. Again, ground beef, egg, breadcrumbs, salt, pepper, garlic. Pretty easy. Mush that all together. While I was making the burger patties and doing all the mixing, I had a pan full of onion bits in butter to caramelize the onions. They had me pump it up with low heat. Just give it a little stir every once in a while for about 20 to 30 minutes to really get those onions browner. Mushy. Nice and mushy. Yep. In a separate bowl, I had the dates, the garlic, and some red wine vinegar, which we had handy. And it wanted us to use a food processor and really pulse it into like a goo, but we didn't have that. So I diced them up real small and gave them a good hard mix, and it was pretty good. My guess is they wanted you to make like a spread. Yeah, they, they probably wanted me to like slap chop it a bunch of times or a magic bullet. So you cooked it all up, you mixed it all up, and then you slathered it? More or less. I did mix a little bit of thyme into the patties, which I think you weren't a fan of. No. No. Uh, I ended up cooking the patties 400 degrees, 10 minutes on each side. I then stuck some honey in the microwave to heat it up and get it nice and liquidy, which ended up with the honey exploding all over the microwave, and I had to clean that. <laughs> which was very annoying. And then when I put it together, it was bottom bun, lettuce, caramelized onions, burger patty, chopped dates and garlic and goop, feta cheese, honey, and a top bun. And of course, I was shaking my honey maker while I was making it. Doing a little butt dance, the Linda butt dance. Doing the Linda slash Charlie butt dance. Mm. But, 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 but. So first category is savoriness. And I found this one less savory as much as I found it kind of sweet mm -hmm. and sticky. So it was it was different. Uh, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. So probably going to give it a two for savoriness because it lost a lot of that when it got the sweetness. Because savoriness isn't directly flavor, it's savoriness. Would you say it was a good dessert burger? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should have come in like little, little bite-sized burger bites. How about you? How did you feel about the savoriness? I liked all of the flavors except for the thyme. It was dried thyme and like so overpowering. I actually liked the over. I liked the honey. I liked the feta and the dates. I liked the caramelized onions, which I'm not usually a super big fan of because they give me indigestion. Well, that helps. They're just like mostly butter. That's true. I'm going to give it a three yeah yeah all righty what about mouthfeel how did you feel about it in your mouth i thought it was pretty good I, I i wish now that you mentioned that it should have been pulverized i think i would have liked it better it's not like a dig at you i'm just saying because there are lots of crumbly bits i like my burger staying together mm -hmm. i don't like stuff falling all over the place that's fair you don't want to take a fork and knife to the remainders no it's not pizza or a chocolate bar <laughs> i don't eat chocolate bars with fork and knife i eat pizza with a fork and knife though Sometimes. Uh, I'm going to give it, for a mouthfeel, I'm also going to give it a three. I have to be very careful by numbers because I have to make sure it gets more than the stupid burger that I ate last week. Oh, what happened last week? That gross one that you really liked that I did not. Oh, the uh, I'm charred for you burger? Yeah, you really liked it. I did not. Mm. It's got to get higher than a ten. Well, you're already semi there. I know. For mouthfeel on my end, I felt like it was pretty good. There wasn't a lot of crunch to it, so it was nice and soft the way I like burgers. The patty was firm and flavorful, and I feel like I put the right amount of lettuce on the bottom, so it was kind of just right. So I want to give that one a four 
for mouthfeel. It's definitely a good lettuce ratio. For emotional resonance though, aside from the annoyances of putting together this burger and having to monitor three different things while I was cooking, I didn't get a whole lot of emotion out of it. So I want to give it like two and a half. So I was not getting a whole lot emotion wise. Uh, Did that uh, sweetness give you any feels? I'm going to give it a three and a half. Because the sweetness of the date was surprising. But I like how it paired with the onions. And like feta cheese is not a super cheesy flavored cheese. Okay. Just kind of added like a bit of a creaminess. So I thought the dates really were a good balance to the meaty taste. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm going to give it, what did I say? A three and a half? Three and a half. Three and a half. And then reatability, right? Yep. Would you eat this burger again? Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. Really? Yeah, I'd eat it again. Solid. Yeah, four seems like where I was going to land as well. It's a lot of steps, so I probably wouldn't make it for myself again, but I would definitely eat it again. Would you make it for me? If you ask me, I would make you the moon into a burger. The moon's made out of cheese, so that sounds like a good deal. Perfect. Rock and roll. Overall, pretty good burger. Yep. So for your end, you're looking at a 13 and a half score. Good. And I'm looking at a 12 and a half score. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. well, it was pretty good. French fries were good. We had French fries with it, right? Uh, yes. yes. I used up all the fries you're going to make poutine out of. That's right. And then we had poutine the next week and the poutine was delicious. Superb. All Wish right. Wish me a poutine podcast. Poutine podcast. And then you could call our fans the pooters. <laughs> Yep, better than the teens. Ugh. Help, I'm being followed by a bunch of teens. Poo teens. Yum. It's like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to License to Grill, brought to you by the Ultimate Tabletop Network. Don't forget to return next week for Season 2, Episode 4, Gamer Bob. Bob the Gamer? Burger Boss! Burger Boss. If you want to cook up some burgers of the day for yourself, please check out the link in our podcast description and get yourself a Bum Buddy shirt from our Linktree and merch store. And with that, good night all my Bum Buddies. Hasta la vista, burger.